Hi, I'm Sarah, the mom of a six-year-old and a three-year-old. And I'm Claire, the mom of an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. We're two friends in the middle of the country, in the middle of parenting, in the middle of our careers, and in the middle of just about everything. Hi guys, welcome to the listener question episode of the middle of everything. Thank you. First, first, let's say a big thanks to everyone who sent a question because these things only work with you. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we appreciate it. And they're all over the board too. Like we got parenting advice questions. We got questions about ourselves. We got completely random questions that people just want to hear our opinions on. So I'm here for all those things. There are a couple that maybe we, I'm, I kind of bookmarked to turn into a whole episode later. So a couple of these we're saving. So if you sent one in and you don't hear it today, it's because we're going to save it and do a whole episode on it at some point. So so maybe my favorite are the ones that just have nothing to do with anything. People just are curious about what we think because anyone who's listened to this podcast knows that we will give unqualified opinions about anything for days like we have opinions friends so um typically they're rooted in very little fact or actual knowledge so I know it's good to know your thing like know your lane right Mm -hmm. yeah we're here to give uh unqualified (laughs) advice and unasked for advice most of the time and this time you asked us yeah this time they did ask for it I guess so okay so why don't we do you want me to start and kind of ask the question and then we'll take turns answering is that what we should do that that sounds amazing let's okay all right so um I I figured maybe we'll start with kind of the parenting type questions and then move into some other things. So one of the first questions we got in, and this is before we even asked for questions. So hooray. So this came from Caitlin and she wondered how we both sort of knew it was the right time for us to have kids or did we, or did it just, you know, how, how did we kind of come to that point in our life where we decided to start our family? Oh, man, that's a great question. So, I mean, I can go first because we have different sort of parenting origin stories. But I, you know, you did an episode on this with Lisa, but you um, had your kids in your 30s. I had my kids in my 20s. Um, So for me, my husband and I had been married for, I think, between four and five years um, when we had our oldest. And I think it was really... You guys got married young. We did. Now that we I just really, did that like, math really quick. Straight out of college. Straight wow. out of college. So I think that it was more like I knew, I always knew I wanted to have kids, but there were like a few key... I'm a planner, right? So there were a mm-hmm. few things that I had, you know, checklisted is that a verb? I don't know. <laughs> it is um, now. That I that I wanted to have done. Um, one was kind of be settled in our careers. Another was own a home. Um, another was uh, we had sort of a bucket list trip to Italy we wanted to take. So, I mean, we weren't. I wouldn't say in a rush, but but I was also very kind of uh, in keeping with my personality, pretty laser focused on like, okay, I, I've got a few things that I really want to kind of do in my life before I think I want to have kids, but always knowing that like I wanted to have kids sort of sooner rather than later also. So for us, it kind of just got to a point that felt right. I was in a really good place professionally. Josh was doing well. 
um, at his work. And I think we just, we both felt like, um, if not now, when? So, so that right. was kind of an, a, an overwhelming feeling that I had, at least, not to speak for him. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> so, so then we did that. And um, again, like, very much in keeping with my personality, after we had Oliver, I kind of said, like, okay, I don't even, I don't know if you experienced this, but the minute you have baby number one, I felt like everybody in the world needed to know when we were going to have baby number two. And I was right. just like, what? I literally have no idea what I'm doing. Like they just sent me home from the hospital. I can't figure out how to clean uh, the nipple on the bottle. Like I, I don't know why you're asking me this question, but nonetheless people do. And so I, it got me thinking probably prematurely. And I kind of set this, this sort of deadline of, of two years. I was mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I just don't even want to think about it for two years. And lo and behold, when Ollie turned two, we, we um, you know, kind of had the conversation and realized, I think that we were both kind of ready. And, and, and then that happened pretty quickly. So my kids are two years and nine months apart. So that's, my, <laughs> that is my story. <laughs> and that is perfectly in keeping with your personality. It's like exactly <laughs> the plan that like everyone would have if they started, you know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> It all went according to plan, right? <laughs> well, well, okay. So that part did, and then wow. the rest of my life is, you know, sure, n- not necessarily no. operating that way. Parenting as an act is not anywhere, you know. There is no plan for that. But no. so that's my story. What about you? So probably also in keeping with my personality, there <laughs> it was has been mass chaos for the last twenty years. So. <laughs> Um, I, I did also get married pretty soon out of college. Um, the first time with that, with that marriage, I, a lot of my friends were having kids. I talked about this last week. So now I'll make friends. A lot of those high school kind of college friends have teenagers, but I always kind of had this feeling that I just wasn't ready yet. It didn't seem right. And then, you know, a couple years later around 30, I ended up getting divorced. So that was a good choice not to not to press ahead at that time. After Grant and I got married, we were, or I was 34, and there really was not any time any time to waste. I was basically just like, yeah. all right, we're knocking this out. So uh, a few months after we got married, um, I mean, and he knew that going in. I had, you know, kind of said, look, if we're doing this, <laughs> I want to have a couple of kids right. before I'm 40, ideally. So that's in the that's in the mix. Hope you're here for it. So he was obviously. We started trying maybe six months after we were married because I'm thinking I'm 34. Um, you know, it might take a while. You know, at this right. point, things start happening, and I was shocked to find out that it did not take a while. So the 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 surprise was it didn't take any time to um make that happen. So. Um, had Bowie and I also had a plan around two years, we were going to start thinking about having another one. But right at that time in our lives, we were both changing jobs. Um, mm. I was moving to the company I am now at. He was changing um, from one restaurant to another. And we thought, you know, just there's a lot going on. I think we had just bought our house at that point, And I thought, you know, I don't want to go work for this company and then immediately just turn up pregnant. And so we were like, let's just wait a little while. So we pushed it back and our kids ended up being three and a half years apart, which for us was great. You know, you can't always control the timing of those things, but 
for me, that was a good um, distance apart, you know, between the kids, just sort of with what I can handle mentally <laughs> from having <laughs> multiple toddlers at a time might have been a lot for me. So um, it's ended up being great. So it, yeah, I my, nothing in my life ever seems to go according to plan. So <laughs> and my kids are right in there perfect. with it. But yeah, it ends up, it ends up great. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just the way it goes. Um, and I, I, well, here, here's the thing. I don't usually have a plan <laughs> and then things just sort of unfold and that's okay. That's how I roll. So <laughs> totally. All right. We just knocked one down. Sister. Yeah, we did. What so else you got? Nice question. Okay. So that's about us sort of. So the next one is a parenting question. This is from Kara. I have a listener. Request. Hi, Kara. Yes. Thanks for listening. Kara says, I would like advice on how to control a toddler's phone time. The doctor always asks me about TV time and we never have that on. But my daughter always has the phone or iPad watching shows, although some are educational. When we take the phone away, she screams bloody murder. Claire, you oh. are way more of a screen Nazi than I am. So I'm going to let you start. And then I was going to say will... it's time for unqualified opinions <laughs> are us. I don't. I don't think I have any real wisdom here, except I, th I think we probably all sort of like intuitively know the answer is that like we kind of have to be the bad guy. I mean, if you if you feel like so, so set, setting the doctor aside for a minute, which is probably a terrible idea, doctors, you know, know way more about this than I do. But, <laughs> um, if you feel like your kiddo is having too much phone time, then that's then, which is kind of what I sense from the question. Like I sense she's saying like, oh God, this is like, this is a thing. And I'm like, the doctor's asking about TV time. And, but I secretly know that she's probably <laughs> spending too much time with my phone and I'm not bringing it up and I don't know what to do. Um, so if I'm misinterpreting the question, forgive me, but, but I, I think that's what you're saying. Um, I mean, you know, we all have those moments where we just have to be the bad guy. Um, but my advice would maybe be to kind of like potty training, you know, they always say like, make a plan, like, like, um, you know, do it on like a week when you know, you're going to be home when you know, there isn't a lot happening when you know, you're not, you know, don't, don't, you know, kick off your first potty training week on, on your Disney vacation. Like that's never a good idea. <laughs> I kind of feel the same thing here. Like if you know, you're going to be home for, um, an extended period of time or you're going to be around non-judgmental non friends and family members who, who you can handle your kid throwing a complete tantrum in front of. Like, those are the times to start the weaning process, right? Because I really think that's probably what it is. Like, you just, mm -hmm. I get toddlers scream and it is uncomfortable for everyone who is around them. But ultimately, like, I guess my sort of philosophy or my outlook on it is you sometimes you just got to do it and you got to listen to the screams. And believe it or not, and we've all been there when we've been not believing it, but they will actually run out of steam and they will actually adjust. And I think the problem is that we pick the moments where we feel like we're being judged or where we feel like feeling under pressure to kind of like mm -hmm. try and take that phone away. So we're at, you know, family dinner or something and some aunt Judy or whatever makes a comment about how much our kids are looking at the phone. And so then you try and take the phone away and then the kids start screaming and guess what? You're in the middle of the family dinner. Like that's, that's probably not the way to do it. 
it, but setting for yourself like parameters that you would feel comfortable with, maybe, mm-hmm. um, whether that's you know, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it is for you, and then being just really, really disciplined with yourself and doing it in a like a safe place to start with. And if you know, the more you do it, the more consistent you are with with those limits. And the more you communicate to your kid what the limit is, so they can kind of like understand at the outset, like, oh, I've got 45 minutes or whatever Mm -hmm. um, your personal limit is. The more you do that consistently, the, the less the battles become right because right. they understand that like I can scream for an hour but she's still going to turn that shit off after 45 yeah, minutes like exactly. you know really what they're doing is they're they're saying if I scream for an hour will she give in and every mm-hmm. single time that we do we just shoot ourselves in the foot for the next time right yeah completely well and with toddlers where you can't exactly reason with them I mean I'm in this world right now too it's you know even just saying like I always just use the phrase like that's not available right now that's not a choice. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, that's you know, a just really saying, good. Like, he doesn't yeah. know. I mean, I'm I'm implying that I literally can't like bring it up on my phone. He doesn't know, you know, the difference. I just say that's not available. It's not a choice. And then, you know, they kind of understand that once you say that, and yeah, it might they might be mad or whatever. But it, you know, and I think, and I don't know if the screen time she's talking about is happening at home around the house or if it's happening like out in public is a means to like sort of pacify her child while, you know, they're at the grocery store or out at dinner or things like that. But I've always been a big, like, you don't get that at dinner. It's a personal pet peeve of mine when like kids are on their devices at dinner. Like, I don't care how old they are. Like it drives me insane to see that at a restaurant. And so I'm always just like, there's there's none of that maybe if we're like googling something together or something like that but i i don't like just handing my kid a phone at a restaurant to shut them up you know mm-hmm. it's like they can color and they have to learn to do that because that's part of growing you know is being able to sit in a space and maybe be a little bit bored or maybe find the crayons that they give you and you know crayons are perfectly fine find something else for them to do maybe that's an option i heard a great tip today just as a matter of fact on another mom podcast i listened to and the mom was calling in and saying she had started keeping in her bag a little notebook for each kid and a little sort of pouch of crayons or pens or whatever age appropriate writing device, you know, whatever. And whenever they were at, you know, maybe a restaurant or your other other kids soccer practice or whatever it might be where you've got to occupy, they each have their own little thing they can write on. So it's mm-hmm. like they're sort of almost journal. I don't know. I thought that was a great idea. I kind of wanted to try it for my kids because, you know, you inevitably end up with that, like, you know, pizza place kids menu with crayons and all, you know, just, I feel like it makes it a little more special if they have their own little journal or something else to do that you maybe have ready at those times if you're out in public trying to take the screen away. So there's less of a screaming time because, you know, if there's something else to do, then maybe they don't need to watch bubble guppies or whatever the thing is. No, I totally agree. I mean, I think distraction is amazing. I think probably for some people, you know, incentivizing might work. So in other words, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to turn this off. And if, 
And if there's no fit, every time we turn it off before dinner or whatever the thing is, then at the end, like you get, you do quarters, for example. Yes. So at the, you know, then, you know, on Friday, if we haven't thrown a fit yet, you'll get a quarter or w- mm. whatever the thing is. So I think, you know what, you know, your kid better than anyone on this planet mm-hmm. and you can, can, um, you know, we'll decide, you know, obviously what, what works for you and your family. My closing thought is whatever you pick, do it consistently. Know what makes you comfortable. Forget about Aunt Judy at the dinner table or whatever. Be honest with your doctor because they really are just there to support. And uh, I'm, I'm, um, as guilty as every other mom who sat in like a checkup running through the checklist questions, thinking like, um, sure, my kid has five servings of vegetables a day. But, you know, the reality is um, maybe they're only getting two. And then if you're honest with the doctor, maybe the doctor is going to recommend a cool multivitamin that's a gummy that your kid's going to love. Like, it's not all about judgment. And if you feel that way from your doctor or anybody else, then, you know, I would say you think about that situation. But you, you, you I sense from Kara that she's not like she's not feeling great about the amount of phone screen time her kiddo's getting. Right. And and so regardless of what anybody else thinks, if that's how you feel, then, you know, be consistent. Pick your pick your path, be consistent. Yeah. And, and hang in there, mama. Scream. Yeah, and toddlers just, are gonna scream. And gonna every scream. every mom you come across that has any child older than a toddler is only looking at you with empathy and love in their heart. Like <laughs> it's 100%. like that cat. It's the Katniss Everdeen meme, like yeah. that we've all seen. Like we <laughs> feel you, girl. Yeah. So hang in there. Good luck, and just know we're with you. <laughs> Absolutely. So the next one is maybe a little more of a little personal info about you and me. And we had a couple different questions about this, so I'm just going to sort of like glom it all into one category here. But we had a, we had a few people sort of asking questions about our careers and what we do and how we ended up there and why and how did we decide that's what we were going to do and just sort of general curiosity about both of our careers. Well, you have a pretty sexy career, so I want you to go first. I think it is. (laughs) It is a great, I mean, it really is. I'm not going to lie. It's like the best job in the world. I started, my, my degree in school is interior design and really more of an interior architecture degree. Um, the school I went to focused a lot on that, and I actually started in an architecture program. So when I got out of school, I worked for a few years in corporate commercial interior design. I did um, corporate headquarters. I did um, some schools, some churches, some just, you know, again, kind of commercial buildings like that. And I, and I did that for a few years, and I really liked it. What I struggled a lot with was, and this is, oh God, like almost 20 years ago now at this point, but at that time, I know at that time, things were not as mobile as they are now. So it was a lot of sitting at a desk. It was a lot of, you know, AutoCAD drafting. It was a lot of meetings and just sitting still from eight to five all day long. (laughs) And I am not good at that, as it turns out. (laughs) I just was not suited to that kind of a schedule. And a few years into that career, someone approached me um, with an opportunity for a sales rep job. And what a lot of people don't think about, I, I mean, probably in any 
kind of corporate job that people work with or really any job, there's sales reps, right? For any product mm-hmm. that you deal mm-hmm. with. So if you think about a building, an interior of a building or even the exterior, there's all these products. There's there's carpet, there's tile, there's wall covering, there's furniture, there's fabric, there's, um, I think we talked when Elena was on the show about signage. You know, I mean, there's all these little things. There's even, I mean, there are sales reps that rep like toilet partitions. I mean, every little yeah. thing in the building Somebody has to sell that. So within our industry, there are all these sales reps. And it's actually a pretty great job because we get to work with um, the designers and the architects on their buildings and on their projects and sort of consult with them on what are the best choices, what materials are appropriate for commercial spaces um, or non-commercial spaces sometimes now in my case with the job I'm in now. So um, so I worked for a couple different companies um, doing a sales rep job and I love it. It's every day is different. There's, I mean, obviously I like to talk. Hello. Um, <laughs> so, so it's perfect for me. I basically drive around the state talking to people all day long. Um, and just, you know, it, like I said. And listening to podcasts. And listening car. to podcasts in the car, which now I will tell you, because there was a point in my career where the driving was really kind of getting me down and I was tired of it and I didn't want to do it anymore. And right around that time is when I discovered podcasts and it like turned it around for me. Like I do not mind being in the car for three hours now because I've got all these great things to listen to, you know, props to the podcast industry for that. But yeah, so I cruise around, I meet with people, I show them new products. And now I'm, I rep beautiful fabrics and textiles and wall coverings, and rugs and leather. And, um, I love really the company I work for. Yeah. I mean, all the products are great. Everybody always wants to see me because because my products are not, I mean, obviously it's because of my sparkling personality, but also. <laughs> and witty anecdotes. Cool. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> Today I walked in getting fashion advice from my clients because I had kind of a wackadoo outfit on and I was making everyone weigh in on it. Um, so, yeah, like, I mean, at this point I've known most of my clients for 15 years and so we're friends. We socialize together. Our industry is really fun. So I love my job. It's great. And, and just be being in sales, it's it's a little more flexible. It's not, I mean, it's not an eight to five traditionally. I don't have an office I go to. I cruise around. You know, I can run errands if I need to during the day. I can, like tomorrow, I'm going from 11 to 12 to jog in the jogathon with my son at his school. And I'm just sort of doing that in between appointments. And then I've got to run home and get a bunch of stuff ready for an industry event tomorrow night. So, it's a very flexible job and I love it. And it's like the greatest job ever. It's perfect for me. So um, it sounds amazing. Yes. And I've seen, I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to see some of the stuff, um, uh, just at your place on, you know, the infamous, um, bed top, uh, recording sessions, sessions. (laughs) And, uh, it really is incredible. It's, it's, Awesome. And, and any it's a given good transition. point, my dining room table is usually full yeah. of samples that I'm either are new products or something I'm prepping for a client's presentation or something. So, yeah, you can always spot products around my house. Totally. Love it. So I um, went to school for marketing and um, international business. And I ended up after 
uh, undergrad, I, I stuck around and went back and got my uh, MBA. So that's sort of my educational background, which is a nice generic, I know I want to do something in business and not, I, I shouldn't say that. Maybe some people who um, do their, you know, go to grad school in their 20s and get their MBA are like laser focused on what they want to do. For me, it was definitely a little bit of an exploration. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that sort of something that I was good at was writing and communicating um, and sort of storytelling and building messaging around a topic. And lucky, lucky me, that coincided with what I liked to do. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, when, 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 um, what you want to do and what you can do are kind of the same thing. It's, I think, really a great place to be professionally. So Absolutely. after college, had a couple different jobs before I got referred to the company that I work for now. And they were hiring somebody to come in and do um, customer events for them. So um, the the idea was we sell um, products into the construction industry, everything from tools to anchors. Now the company um, also is very heavily involved in software applications for construction. But at the time when I started, it was really primarily um, tools and consumables. So the things that go in the wall and the things that you use to put things in the wall. <laughs> and and a lot of other things, but How for you for build the wall. exactly for you a lay person, wall, I will decorate it. <laughs> yes, I. Uh, I went to go work for them. I was uh, running customer events. Uh, and I, I mean, this really talk about dream jobs. Um, I had I had the Western part of the US and Canada. So specifically, I travel a lot to like Las Vegas and Vancouver and LA. And what we were doing was trying to introduce um, customers to our products and in a very targeted way, right? So people right. in these big markets that we knew could, you know, um, had, had a lot of opportunities um, to use our products. We were, we were really trying to help build those relationships. So that was really fun. Um, but in the mid-2000s, when the recession happened, you know, that was one of those things where um, I think everybody kind of had to, um, you know, batten down the hatches. My job changed. I stayed with the same company. I um, came back and started doing their marketing communications. So, you know, whether that was writing um, copy for our catalog or for ad campaigns, I found that I really, really loved it. And most importantly, had completely fallen in love with the company and the people. And like you said earlier, it's really fun to work for a company where people want to hear from you. Um, you know, it makes difference. it makes a huge difference just in your outlook and the way that um, you know I thought about my life and and had you told me when I was you know twenty years old that I was going to have a career you know for a, a company that sold and you know commercial construction, I would have thought you were bananas. <laughs> but the, but the point was not the what, it's sort of the why and the how and the who and all of those mm-hmm. other things. So love my company. Um, I took a brief hiatus when my that position that I had moved to Texas and we decided as a family that we wanted to stay in Tulsa. And during that hiatus, I got the opportunity to work with a couple different really great um, gigs, one of which was writing for Tulsa Kids Magazine, which I think kind of was a little bit of a jumping off point for 
our earliest discussions around podcasting. Absolutely. I also worked with a lo local ad agency that I really loved and had a really good time with. In the end, the company that I had worked for before decided to add some communication resources back in Tulsa. So I had the opportunity to go back to them. And that was really just a kind of a no-brainer for me um, because, like I said, it was um, just a really, really great place to be. So I, I'm now back there working full time, doing something a little bit different. Now I work in corporate communications. So instead of, you know, um, writing ad copy or, or promoting products in the marketplace, instead I'm building um, communication plans and messaging for our team members around a any kind of topic that would ever need to be communicated, whether it's, you know, a new HR benefit or this new program we're rolling out or here's a success story of somebody doing something really well or any, anything like that. It comes through our our team and it's it's actually been even more fun than I could have imagined because it takes the, th the, the things that I like to do and then overlays it with like really worthwhile work. Like I just feel like this like human connection with mm -hmm. everything that I do right now. And it's, yeah. So it sounds like both of us really uh, fulfilled professionally right now. And yeah, um, that's absolutely. a pretty great place to be. So it no is. complaints. I mean, I think, yeah, we both kind of hit the jackpot as far as work goes. And, and I think we are both people that need to work. Like we... I think I, we've probably talked about this after like anything like this week is the week after fall break. And I am like, whoo, that was six straight days with my kids. And I am not cut out for that. Like, that is yeah, not my jam. So and I, it's, I think it, it's a little bit about that. And it, I mean, I mean, for sure, it's a lot about that. It's also just like the, the, the for me, the fulfillment that I get mm -hmm. from being around other adults and, and not just other adults, but like the adults that I work with and the adults that you work with. Like you said, I mean, you just build these friendships and these bonds right. and these relationships that are just sort of, there's just no, there's no substitute for that for mm -hmm. me in my life. And it's something I just, I'm, I'm very, uh, cognizant of as I sort of grow into my, I guess, profession, but also, um, you know, in parenthood and just, right. just mature in general. It's like really value, uh, valuing and appreciating. Like I love my mom friends. They're incredible. Nothing beats them. I love my besties. They're incredible. Nothing beats them. But I but th th this also these people that only know you as a professional right. and don't see you as somebody's mom or somebody's, you know, whatever. Like I get a lot of juice from that too. Mm -hmm. Like I like, it helps me f maintain balance and like sure. a sense of self for sure. Well, and I think too, like, I mean, both of us kind of talked about like things, you know, you can't lay out your path. And I think some of these, I think a lot of times, we get questions like this and I get them, you know, in my day to day job too, especially from um, younger people in their twenties that, you know, are sort of jumping into their careers and wondering, are we, are we in the right place? Am I doing the right thing? How do I know if I should change? And I think a lot of the lesson here is things just sort of happen. Like, you know, it just sort of, you know, it feels right or it feels like the thing to do or, you know, it's, it, it's like, it's never what, you're going to plan. You know what I mean? Like, like you mm -hmm. said, if someone would have told you in college, you're going to be working for a tool company. I mean, and I know it's more than that, but it's, you know, yeah. but it's yeah. like, who, who would have, who would have thought that, but then you're saying, you know, you love it. So there's, it's just never what you think it's going to be. And that's just sort of, you just have to kind of come to grips with that. And I think that applies to everything from parenting to career. The path is a winding road. 
Oh my God! Deep Look at this wisdom here. we're dropping for you yeah, guys. What's happened? I don't know what's what's. Oh, going on. see, we record late at night, and we are just like we're I like, don't know. We're in a different headspace. Dropping all kinds of wisdom here. Okay, so next question. This is apropos to nothing, but I love it. (laughs) This came from Dawn and she says, I need you guys to talk about tipping, not just standard dining, but other service industries, hairstylists, the assistant to the hairstylist, masseuse, dog groomers, whether they own their own place or they're just renting. Help. This has always plagued me. Even when I've Googled, I always feel like I'm doing it wrong. And then she says, along the same lines as the holidays loom closer, what do you tip or gift, if anything, to other service people, mailman, trash man, housekeepers, teachers, etc.? Okay, so first of all, let me just start. I I also love this question, but let me just start by saying what we're going to tell you, like I feel like there are major regionalisms when it mm-hmm. comes to this. So, we are going to bring you hardcore Oklahoma perspective on western this. values. Exactly. <laughs> like like meaning what we're about to say, you if you're listening to us, Uh, you know, in New York or Chicago or Colorado or like, I don't know, like it could be completely different, the social norms where you are. So, so take everything we're about to say, well, first of all, always with a grain of salt, you know this by now, but um, (laughs) I do feel like when I've talked to people in other places, I, I sense that there, there is some regional difference are regional differences here. Do you think that too, Sarah? Or have you? I mean, I guess I've never had this conversation with anyone. Really? Okay. I I just assume everything is more expensive on the coast. So the tipping is probably more intense. But what if, what do you think? I think it's, I think it's that um, like cost of living is more yeah, expensive elsewhere. Exactly. So it's like, and if you're in the service industry, um, you know, and, and our, our at least um, nationally, our minimum wage is really, really low. And that's typically what a lot of, of you know, tip positions make. Mm-hmm. So I think people feel the need to like supplement in a different way based on, you know, where they live potentially. Mm-hmm. I call me a liar if you think I'm wrong, but I, but I think that that's the case. Anyway, let's get to her question. Mm -hmm. Tell me, I want to know what you, okay, let's start, let's start with, with, um, part two of her question, which is the holidays. Mm -hmm. Do you, what, what special holiday tipping do you do? So I think I, I do, um, you know, typically the people I see, you know, and and I'm just because of the rhythm of appointments, I will typically see them at some point around the holidays. Hairdresser, eyebrow, brow technician. Oh, which, there I you mean, go. That's she it. She really is. Like that's it. I she think has a it. lot to handle here, and she does a really good job. And she's in both of those people in my case have been the same person for probably close to fifteen years. Wow. So I again, I, they're friends at this point. In addition to kind of an extra tip I'll usually give you know they get they get a Christmas card because they know my kids both of them too and you know maybe a little gift I I, lately I think the last year or two I've done like some essential oil like roll on stress away you know kind of things or 
a gift card or, you know, something small like that in addition to a tip. And then also in my case, because I don't have an office and my office is basically my home, I get a lot of UPS deliveries. So I base I know my UPS guy. <laughs> and I mean, like we we chat on a, at least once or twice a week. So I try to, you know, and that's kind of an awkward thing because I never know like where to put it. Like, do I put a big sign? So I think last year what I did is I put a little basket out front with some snacks and drinks and I put for UPS, USPS, FedEx because I get so many deliveries and I knew they would be there. Okay. Um, so you're so it sounds like you're more you lean more toward the gift. I do like like acknowledgement by yeah. by a gift versus cold hard cash. Which is weird because that's kind of usually not my MO, but I think because there's this awkwardness over like one with the halt of the UPS mailman guy, I don't want to just leave like a bunch of cash out in front of my house. And two, then again with my hairdresser and brow technician, they're friends. So it feels a little weird. Just like give, I, I tip extra at the holidays, but I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to just be like, here's yeah. a lot of cash. You know what I mean? Like I do know. And, yeah. And, and that's unique. I don't know. Everyone may not have that situation. I just, I find my people and I stick to them. So <laughs> I think um, the cash changing hands is just always weird. It just yeah, is. There's nothing. Is. You, so, so, so here's, here's my, um, here are the two people that I definitely, um, I'm going to use the word tip. I'm not really sure that's the way I feel about it. I feel like, like at the holidays, it's really yeah. like a gift. Thank you. Yeah. It's a thank you gift. Um, but okay. So our housekeeper, um, and I, I'll get real specific with you. We give her every year, um, at Christmas, an extra like like fifty percent. So what I would normally pay her to come to my house, right. I, I write that check just like normal, and then half of whatever that check amount is um, goes into a Christmas card with her name on it in cash mm-hmm. for her. So it is a fifty percent on one cleaning cash. Tip. Like and I'm not I playing around. I'm giving her that. cash on yes, that. Yes, so. because we we currently do not have a regular say, regular. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, housekeeper. In the past, that is exactly what I we have done with the housekeeper. Yeah. Like same thing. Um, so, so I like that a lot. I like that practice. And then we've had we've had a conversation. I know we must have on the pod before, and I know you and I just as friends have had this conversation so many times about teachers. Yes, um, I feel like that needs to be a whole other episode. Like it really is, but lot. I, but but I, I really like a gift card for a teacher. 100%. Here's the thing: um, as cute as you can make your Pinterest style gift with ribbons and a pun and all of those things, which by the way, I'm not knocking that shit. Cause you know, I love yeah, a pun. If you got but time for that, go for it. As cute as you can make that great. Get it. But let's be really honest that teachers with classes of 30 kids, you know, can only do so many like, you know, stacks of cookies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just really feel like, um, you know, a gift card for something that they can pick out themselves is really nice. I do have a problem giving cash, and I don't think many people do this to teachers. Like, I just wouldn't think that that, that somehow just doesn't feel appropriate yeah, to me. Yeah, that feels weird. Um, because they're not 
like I'm not hiring them to do a thing. I, I, I worship the ground they walk on and think that they do God's work every day. But mm-hmm. there's just something about that like money transaction that wouldn't feel yeah somehow like correct to me. But but take that same $50 or $75 or whatever and put it on a Starbucks gift card. Yeah. And now it's I'm totally fine. So, And I do a lot of Target, I think, for them, too, because then I kind of think if you want to use this for the classroom, that's great. But if you don't, that's OK, too. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like they can kind of. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Use that for whatever. Around the holidays, we need to do some kind of holiday extravaganza and dive into this more um, because there are so many different facets to teacher gifts, I think. And this is what I'm doing today. Today, I am giving carding my teachers. I'm 50% tipping my um, housekeeper. And really, I I think just kind of like you said, Sarah, like I'm, I'm probably a little more generous in general with tipping around the holidays. I think a lot of people are. So, so I won't, I don't think that there's, there's not a handing my hairdresser X amount of money. Um, but I feel like I tip higher and better and, um, you know, around that time of year, I don't less of a cognizant, let me sit down and do this. I will tell you that, um, at one point back in the day, I was dry cleaning all the time. I had, um, long story, don't need to dive into it, but like I was making weekly trips to the dry cleaner. I've tried to Mm -hmm. cut that shit out of my life because hashtag simplify, but spending a boatload of dough and I was going to the same place and it was the same woman again and again and again and again and again. And I definitely did the same thing. Like I put, I gave her a card and in that card was, you know, a 20 or a 50 or whatever it was. I can't tell you the exact amount. I don't remember. And I did that, you know, through the years when I was seeing her so regularly. Now it's so intermittent and I don't, you know, we've moved and we go to a different place. And I don't recognize the people that I see. Right. So I think anytime you've got a relationship with someone who provides you amazing service um, and you know that person and you feel connected to that person and particularly if that person is doing work that is, um, you know, service industry work where, y- you know, you feel like the value that they're providing to you as a human is probably more than they're getting out of the deal, mm-hmm. then I think tipping is always appropriate. Like, totally. like you can just take that. And on just a day-to-day basis, I mean, I always just do like 20% and unless there's a problem, which I mean, I rarely, and that's, you know, that only maybe would happen at a restaurant. Number one, 20% is just easy math. And I don't like math, so it's just easier for me to figure mm-hmm. out what 20% is. And that's, you know, again, in regards to like, hairstylist um she mentioned dog groomers you know the 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 thing with my dog groomer that's so frustrating you have to remember to like tell them the tip before they run the card which I never do because I'm like juggling Mm. my dogs in this place and then I feel bad so again but I've been going to these same people for let's see how old are my dogs almost nine so I I have a good relationship so again I I would walk in for them with a Christmas card with a cash amount in it and just sort of think this is just sort of for the whole year because I never remember to add that 20% on, yeah. you know, and I don't know. I think there are definitely awkward places. Now, I hear she says the assistant to the hairstylist. Now, mine doesn't really have that. Does yours? Sometimes, but not consistently it's like the enough. shampoo or, right. Yeah, that's what she's talking about. I'm pretty sure. Exactly. Um, so the salon I go to does not have, like, there's like 
a couple assistants who the way I understand it are like training to be stylists and they, and, but they're floaters, right? So they go around and, um, and I remember like back when I was a, you know, a wee lass going to (laughs) with my grandma because she went and got her hair did like every Mm -hmm. week, you know? And I remember get that perm, get it teased. But a lot of times when she went, she wasn't even necessarily seeing her stylist. Like she would go for a shampoo and blowout. And lots of times it was the assistant that was doing that. And she had, you know, she did, she tipped her very regularly. Um, And so, and, and I feel like almost even like if she, even when she did see the stylist and the stylist was doing it, she would almost still like leave a thing for the assistant because that was right. just like the, the, the world, um, that was the, the relationship that she had and also just the regularity and, yeah. um, consistency that, that they had. So I don't, again, for me, uh, my relationship is with the stylist and I don't mm-hmm. always see the assistant or the assistant isn't always shampooing think, me, for example. So yeah. I don't, I don't, know quite how I would even go about that. Yeah, I think maybe I I don't even remember a point where I've had that, but I feel like, you know, maybe you just say, you know, if you're leaving them an extra, you know, $30 or whatever, say 10 of this, will you give 10 of this to Janice or, you know, whatever. (laughs) I don't know where that name came from, but yeah, I mean, just, you know, kind of write it into, you know, because more, you know, nine times out of 10, you're running a card and you have to write it in. So just kind of say it to your stylist, like, will you please give 10 to the shampoo? Yeah. So I'm with you on my, on the 20, 20%. That's a nice, um, round number. It feels good. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm pretty, I I don't sort of actually really think of of tipping for service. This is a conversation I've had with friends before. It's like, I I just sort of calculate it, especially if we're talking specifically about restaurants now, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just the cost of doing business to me. Like, you know, at this point you can argue with me listeners, if you feel differently, I just, I just think you should be calculating. If you're thinking like, Oh, I'm going to go out and it's going to be a $40 meal. Like just know in advance that it's Mm -hmm. at the 20%. Like it just is. And so that, you know, I've heard people say like, well, you know, the food, it was kind of slow. So I only left 10%. It's just like, Oh, but you know, like the waiter is, is, is not, typically controlling how fast the kitchen's going or whatever the issue may be. And you just like, none of us can look behind that curtain. So themselves. And again, I, you know, my husband is a chef, so we have insight into restaurants. And so I'm maybe hyper aware of that sometimes, but unless the waiter is just terrible and you know, it's their fault and you kind of want to send a message. I mean, it would have to be really bad for me to leave less than that. I think it would Mm -hmm. have to be like, catastrophic. But um, and the other thing I will say is I leave more than that when my children are with me and leave a giant mess. Because Claire, your kids are probably old enough they don't do this anymore, but I still have a toddler. And, and sometimes... Girl, been there. Yeah, there are crumbs and crayons and napkins and spilled drinks. And that situation we will I mean I think we've left up to like 50% if it was like really bad if we if we haven't cleaned it up or we or if we have to make a quick exit like oh my god everyone's melting down we got to get out of here so fast and they were extra good about helping that make that happen you know then we'll leave a huge tip if if they have 
either helped us out of a sticky situation or we'll have a giant mess to clean up when we leave. So (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. I think we definitely Um, do that. Yeah. I think, I think it never look on my gravestone. If they write like she was a generous tipper, I'll be very happy. Like that's like, you know, no one is ever going to regret, like you're never going to regret that extra $2, Mm -hmm. like whatever you thought you were going to leave them, you know, rounding up or whatever, like you're never going to regret that. So be generous, as generous as you can be in all, in all ways, but particularly when we're talking about, you know, service industry professionals. And I think, I think it's a win. I'm curious. I am curious about Dawn. She doesn't get, she didn't tell us um, she or he, I shouldn't assume gender, she, um, but okay. Okay. Don. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. I'd be really curious to know where she, it sounds like she's put some thought and maybe is having some like conflict over this. So I would love mm-hmm. to learn more. Um, so Don hit us up on email if you want, or, or on our, um, Insta or Facebook, because I just, I, I'd love to know, I, I bet you have a really specific situation and would love to know where you're coming down on it right now yeah, too, because totally. it's, it's always fun to, to, you know, we, we talk like, like everything's an absolute certainty, but the reality is there's so much gray. So, sure, um, sh- share with us what you've got going on and we'll talk about it on a follow-up. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. And definitely we got to dive into teacher gifts when we get closer to Christmas, because that is no a doubt. Okay, and then last one, because we are starting to run long, but this one just made me laugh. Um, this I actually got this one in person from one of my clients that listens. So, Danielle, thank you. Thanks, Danielle. <laughs> she said, she, what, what she actually said to me was, I obviously know what you look like, Sarah, but I had to get on your Instagram to find out what Claire looks like because I need a face to match to your voices. Why don't you guys have pictures up? <laughs> So, so. Um, <laughs> why don't we? Because we are self-conscious assholes. Yeah. Why else? Like, no. exactly. Um, and well. and also moms that are obsessed with our children, which is what our instas are full of. Exactly. So. Well, so and I will say, so it, we have discussed getting like professional, like kind of oh, head shoddy you or shut or your face, just, like. We need someone to come you take have our discussed this for the website, <laughs> but no, but I don't want to do it either. Because here's the deal: if 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 no one has picked up on our podcasting or my Instagram posts, I'm not super happy with the condition of my body right now. <laughs> 2018 has been the year of inexplicable weight gain for Sarah, so I'm like, I don't want my picture taken right now. That's going to go up on stuff. So, um, yeah, we. We've discussed it. We do. Well, in honor of Danielle, for Danielle, I, look at this, I am going to scroll through all of my pictures and find one that I find acceptable to share on the pod (laughs) and we will share the shit out of it. We will. For Danielle, for you. And here's, so yes, as fun as it would be to have like professional ones done for our website, who knows when that'll actually happen. And then here's the other thing, like we don't have a lot of pictures together when we're at stuff because we're always with our kids who one, take up all of our time and we're busy taking pictures of them and not each other and and not taking selfies with each other. And we typically look like hot shit when we're with our kids because we're like chasing them around and sweaty and at like an outdoor birthday party. So uh, yeah, we don't even have that many pictures together for that reason. I mean, when was the last time we went out together wearing makeup? 
Like I, yeah, I don't, I don't, know. I don't know if that's a thing. It's all Look, the. It's usually like. Well, either a podcast where I mean, like I'm currently sitting in my closet in my pajamas, so that mm-hmm. you know, and you're where you're on the phone, probably similar, maybe not in your closet, but similar situation. But yeah, like we're podcasting together, and that's fun, and we'll take funny pictures sometimes, and then yeah, usually it's like an outdoor birthday sweaty situation. We'll have to take one next week on Halloween. We can do that. Mm-hmm. Camping. Um, Camping, that would be fun. Yeah, we'll be camping together. We'll be we'll be together a lot in the next week, so we can get on that. I, yeah, people probably don't really know what we look like because we don't post those very much. But it's the magic. You don't want to look behind the curtain, you guys. I want to know what you think I look like. It's probably here's what it probably is. It's like a six foot tall Yasmine Bleef from the nineties. Who is and that? If, oh my God, Baywatch? No, nothing. Okay, Um, and if that's what you think I look like, go with it. Like, definitely. I I will subscribe to that. Go ahead with the, like, Giselle (laughs) punching for me. Imagine that. I don't know what this Yasmin situation is you're talking about. Okay. Oh, my God, I have Um, no idea what that is. I'm going to Google it. All right, Google it. You'll love it. Uh, And then then just superimpose my face on her Baywatch picture and then post that shit. No, I'm just kidding. She's wonderful. Much respect to her. She's much, much more than a pretty face, I'm sure. It's just a face I was obsessed with in the 90s. Um, Okay. So, So, yeah. So, we'll post more pictures. I take the note. And um, I think it's so funny that Danielle asked. Don't you like to know what the person looks like? Do you do that? I always Google the people. No. Really? And no. sometimes it's surprising. I, I no, I like just don't know. think I do. There's like, there's like some, I don't know, magic's maybe not the right word, but it's like, I just, I only know you by your voice and like how you describe. So what I think is so interesting is like a lot of the podcasters will talk about, like if I'm listening to a man, he'll talk about like, yeah, now I'm growing a beard or whatever. And so, uh-huh. okay. So I'm like, okay, got it. He's a man with a beard. I think he's about in this age range. Like I build. You don't need uh, to know. I'm, I'm also, know. but see, are you also like a reader? Do you love to read? Yeah. Okay, so for me, it's like I really feel a lot like I do about reading a book, which is like I read a book and and I have a well, like I have a total picture of a character, for example. Mm -hmm. And if I then watch watch the movie or see a TV show or something like that, Game of Thrones, this happened to me hardcore. I was like, no, that's not what that person looks like. You know, it's not it's not what I've crafted in my mind. Now, of course, this is different because they are real humans with real. With a fictional characters, with real sense of self, and they deserve that um, autonomy or whatever. But I, yeah, so no, I don't, I don't, I don't have that, any desire to peek behind the curtain. But I also didn't think that was weird until just now. Like you yeah. telling me that makes me go, oh my gosh, should I, should I have looked? Like should I, Google, I know what they look like? I, I I Google almost every podcast I listen to. I can't think of a single one that I listen to, and I listen to a lot, as you know. Mm-hmm. That I don't know what the person looks like that's speaking. I don't know why it helps me like relate. Maybe okay. Here's here's the game. Maybe we're, we're making play. a case for getting pictures taken. For this is website. how we're going to end the podcast for anyone okay. who doesn't know us and is listening. I'm going to pick three words to describe you. Your fi- I mean, we're talking physical now. Okay. Like okay. like to describe your person in three words, and you're going to do the oh, same. God. Okay. 
Okay. So Sarah is, how do I want to describe you? She has wavy, uh, three words is too hard. I'm just going to, I'm just going to describe you. (laughs) She has wavy brown hair and pretty blue eyes. And I feel like we're about the same height. So I think you're in like the five, six range, five, five. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and a very pretty smile. Oh, you're so that's, nice. That's what Sarah looks like. <laughs> um, okay, so Claire is blonde, um, and your hair always looks really good. Like, it's always styled really nicely. Like, you always have some kind of cool braid or, like, it, it, it's always intentional, which I feel like is the opposite of my hair. So <laughs> I always <laughs> notice your hair. <laughs> is that a thing? There's your compliment, Claire. You have really intentional hair. I, I love you so much. <laughs> I know, I know you do. That's way. why I. It's the best compliment. I don't even know. <laughs> I I really do. That's like a really good compliment for me. Yeah, blonde, intentional hair. <laughs> also, a wonderful smile. Like you always look so pretty in pictures. You have a really good big smile, and. I know I've talked about your booty before, but it's because I'm jealous of it. <laughs> you have this like great round booty and it's so nice. And I wish I had it. Oh. Um, I'm not kidding. These are the things. This is what you get at the end of a Wednesday, y'all. It's like 10 um, o'clock. Oh, no, it's not quite 10. It's if you're like, lucky, we won't post a picture of my booty. I'm going to put a pod- picture of your booty on the podcast. Because I think I've mentioned it like two weeks in a row now. And I don't even. I think it's just because I'm so jealous of it. Um, oh. And I'm so disenfranchised with my own duty right now. So. All right, friend. I can't think of a better way to end it. Is that a wrap? Are we done with our is. questions? I think okay. it is. Well, thank oh you so gosh. much to every single person who took two minutes out of their day to send in a question we appreciate it more than you know and and most of all we appreciate you for listening so um thank you for sticking with us it's it's been such a fun ride and um we'll be back next week next week bye What type of monster loves dance music? The Boogeyman.